obsessed with all things ovine, there is seriously something about sheep and always something new to learn about keeping, breeding and farming them. Welcome to the Sheep Show podcast. I'm Jill Noble from Holston Valley Farm and Sheep Stud and your host. The Sheep Show podcast exists to help you no matter where you are in the world, what sheep you breed, what size your flock is. This podcast will help your sheep knowledge and your shepherding confidence grow. And it's a two-way street. I love to hear from you and find out how your sheep journey is going. Contact me via Instagram at Halston Valley Farm or via email jill at halstonvalleyfarm.com.au. Come along on this episode as we explore the amazing world of sheep and sheep farming together. Okay, so probably you don't really want to hear about this topic. You're probably sick to death of it, but it's probably about time that we talk about vaccination in our sheep. And um, I'm saying you don't want to hear about this because we're probably sick to death of hearing about vaccinations that we need to get and the reactions that sometimes can happen when we get vaccinated. Anyway... Let's talk, go back to our sheep. It's a much more pleasant topic to talk about. So most of us, if not all of us, at least vaccinate our sheep uh, for mainly for a series of clostridial or bacterial diseases. Um, And we're going to, in this podcast, we'll have a bit of a chat about why vaccinate and then for what do we vaccinate? So really trying to get our head around some of these particular diseases that we kind of think we know, but do we really know them? <laughs> um, so obviously vaccination is about prevention, really prevention, pr- particularly preventing some of the most serious sheep diseases. And the two that can impact us most in Australia are tetanus and pulpy kidney so this is why we might vaccinate, for example, with a five, a five in one. So vaccination stimulates the body to actually put up a bit of a, you know, defense line, if you like, to a particular disease. And it either the vaccines work by either exposing the sheep to a live organ organism in a safe form. This in the, if you've ever heard of the scabby mouth vaccine, that's what that is. It's actually live, but it's quite safe. Um, maybe it's a, um, a, a dead version, a dead organism. And that's the black leg vaccine, for example, or with vaccine, the ovine yonis vaccine, which is called Gidare here in Australia. This is an inactivated one. Or maybe there's a part of the organism that is in the vaccine. And if you've heard of a foot rot vaccine, that's what that one does. So they're sort of split into those sort of categories. Obviously, all research tested and so on and distributed by animal health pharmaceutical organizations. So the, the using vaccines really helps us to control, manage, and of course, prevent diseases in in large vulnerable populations does that sound familiar to anyone um so uh and 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 making it um and and providing this herd literally herd immunity so the vaccine if if a disease does get out at least it's not going to wipe everything 
uh, wipe everything out. So for us in Australia, we primarily use a vaccine called five in one, but you can use other in ones. But generally it's, it's a, it's a series of vaccines all classified together, which is quite amazing really that they're, they're able to sort of do this. And uh, the, we're going to look at, uh, I'll talk you through all the five that's in the five in one. And um, for, for us, uh, the, this is this is again prevention the, to do the vaccines. The organisms that I mentioned can either be found in or or I suppose in, ingested by the sheep. They can either be in the in the soil, and the sheep can come exposed to them, or something in the environment can trigger that particular sheep. Uh, and of course, in some instances, it can actually it can kill the sheep particularly quickly so it's kind of interesting that that can actually happen so um let's look at what these are so um let's look at tetanus tetanus is a lot of us know tetanus most humans have actually had a tetanus injection i know i i had mine and if you haven't had yours updated in the last i don't know five or ten years you probably should get it updated particularly if you're on a farm and you're perhaps um throw a bit of caution to the wind like I do and get yourself injured or scratched and, and the like. But uh, tetanus is caused by a toxin that's actually produced by a particular bacteria. And this lives in the soil as spores in the soil. And the spores contaminate, just like it would with us, contaminate breaks in the skin, like a scratch, for example, or maybe for a sheep, it might be getting their tail docked or maybe they've had a wound or a foot abscess, or maybe they've been in a fight and they've had, they have a, um, uh, uh, an injury on their pole, something like that. Um, and that bacteria can contaminate and get into that break in the skin. Once in the body then, um, if, if it actually gets into tissue, the spores will sit there sometimes harmlessly, and then sometimes the spores don't sit there harmlessly. They germinate, they multiply, and they produce the toxin. And then the toxin spreads to the nerves, and then with tetanus, it spreads to the spine and the brain, which results in, uh, I suppose, nervous system reaction. So it actually impacts the nerve system. So things like convulsions, things like muscle spasms, these sorts of things. And in, with, in case of tetanus, most sheep who, who get tetanus die. Not, not a great, uh, not a great solution. Um, and the only way to really know if you have a dead sheep is to, um, do an autopsy to actually rule it out. So, and of course you can get vaccine errors, where you think a sheep has been vaccinated and, for example, for whatever reason, they haven't been, um, or you miss one, and then sometimes, for example, you might you might see a sheep dead and you think, oh, what's going on? And often it is something like um, a, a vaccine error. So that's our tetanus, probably something you know already there, but just interesting to sort of see where it comes from, what, it, what causes it, and, of course, that's helping us understand how this is something we, we can't really prevent. So we've just got to try and uh, eliminate it, I suppose, um, by vaccinating. Pulpy kidney is the other one that's probably, again, the second biggest um, challenge that we have. 
Uh, and again, another toxin that's produced by another different types of uh, another different type of bacteria. Um, and what happens is that these are um, the, the the bacteria and the toxins that the toxins that are produced are present in the intestines of normal healthy sheep, and the bacteria multiply. And then they go out through the droppings of the sheep, so the, the sheep manure, and that multiplies. And then the levels of toxin toxins build up quickly. Um, what typically, though, impacts pulpy kidney is if there is highly nutritious food in the bowel, particularly grain-fed sheep. Um, or could be highly nutritious pasture, for example, lucerne or something like that. And that's in higher levels. Um, and what that's going to mean is that the bacteria can multiply really, really quickly. And that can produce a lethal quantity of the toxin. And the toxin then causes damage to blood vessels. And those include the kidney. <laughs> Um, so, and that can actually make the kidney look a bit pulpy if you were to open up the kidney after, for example, you found you did an autopsy on a sheep. That's where you'd actually see the evidence of pulpy kidneys. It can be a good thing to do if you find a, a dead sheep to sort of open it up, check their kidneys and just see if it was actually pulpy, pulpy kidney. Um, so they die quite quickly here. They, they basically have little strokes, if you like. Um, and uh, again, you can sort of see, is it, is it sheep that have they, have they been on lush, lush pasture or lush gra or, 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 um, grain that might have caused or might have impacted that particular instance or again, increase that, increase those toxins and allow those toxins to really increase rapidly in the in the body cereal crops and um, so it's a puppy kidney can be a real issue for those younger particularly younger sheep um but even older sheep that are moving from um poor feed to good feed it can be a real um a real issue you can often see if you do find them just before they die they can ha their gait can be really staggering, so they're very uh, unsteady on, on their feet. Their head is is really low. Their head might be to the side. Sometimes they might have scour and diarrhea, and they often have convulsions. So again, the sort of those sorts of symptoms that uh, that you can actually see with with pulpy kidney. So then we have. Um, uh, black disease. That's different to black leg, which we'll talk about, but black disease, again, another type of bacteria from uh, spores that are found in the soil that the sheep ingest. They reach the bowel, they penetrate the bowel wall, carried into the bloodstream to the liver. And then the, again, the spores can sit in a healthy liver for months. But if anything damages that particular liver, then the spores in the liver germinate and produce, again, these toxins. So the liver damage, perhaps that's caused from things like, for example, liver fluke, um, but anything that could trigger that particular, um, that particular disease uh, as well. And again, damages the toxins, damage blood vessels, and death 
is pretty fast with black disease. So that's impacting the liver in particular. Then we have black leg. (laughs) Uh, Again, another bacteria caused by spores, which get into this case, get into the muscle of the sheep. Again, these spores are found in soil, in the intestines and in sheep manure, healthy sheep manure. They, uh, spores can reach the muscles through, again, a wound or coming through the bowel wall, penetrating the bowel wall, and then, of course, get into the bloodstream. Once in, then they um, remain in there unless the muscle is, uh, is damaged. So once the muscle is damaged for some reason, the spores multiply, release the toxins, and then the muscles become dark and um, gas bubbles develop so it becomes very spongy and any muscle that is affected by black leg mostly the legs um, but it can be the heart or even the tongue and any age of a sheep can be uh, impacted even lambs that are a few days old through the navel can actually get black leg this is why colostrum is so important because if you vaccinated your ewes for um, five and one, including black leg, then that would go through in the colostrum to the lamb. Um, and uh, something else interesting about this particular, um, these spores is that they can be um, dispersed by wind and rain. So um, very uh, easy to transport, I suppose, around different farms and things like that. So that's your black leg, mostly legs, turning the muscle dark um, and it can feel very spongy as well. Uh, The next one is um, malignant oedema. Uh, And again, or or braxy, sometimes this is called. This one's uh, very rare. And again, another sort of, another bacteria. You can look at the look up the names of the bacteria if you want, but they they just all sound very very scientific. Uh, this particular one is very rare uh, in Australia, which is good. It's found in the soil and in the digestive tract of healthy sheep. It occurs when you have the wall of the abomasum, which is one of those four stomachs that becomes damaged. Um, one of the reasons it can that that wall can become sensitive or damaged is if the grass, for example, is frozen. So I guess it it goes into the stomach and burns with the frost burns, um, and the the bacteria again multiply in the wall of the abomasum, produce a toxin, and then treatment is futile, really. Um, you probably won't even know what's caused the the sort of the um, issue with the with the sheep. Um, this one, this particular bacteria with the oedema infects wounds or bruised tissues and can cause them to discolor. Um, and uh, funny enough, this one can actually be spread by crows as well. So, which is yeah, but it is rare, so that's good to know. Yeah, that's that's good to know. Basically, all of these diseases are pretty awful. <laughs> and we don't really want any of our sheep to actually be impacted by, by them. 
Um, probably the only other disease that it's good for us to be aware of. We yeah, jury's out on this one whether it's 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 uh, an, an issue, but it definitely is an issue for some farmers, particularly I believe in New South Wales. Whether it's cheesy gland would be the other one to just be aware of. Um, this can be a real issue when you have rams who fight. Um, so cheesy gland, another bacterial infection. And it causes abscesses or boils in um, internal lymph nodes and organs, particularly the lungs. And you just Google cheesy gland, you'll see lots of pictures of cheesy gland in lungs of sheep in the abattoir. When when they go to the abattoir, they often find it. And uh, in this particular instance with cheesy gland, uh, your sheep, um, some may die, but a lot of them have, they, they're just ill thrift. They, if they are a wool sheep, they will grow less wool, but often you'll see it in a condemned carcass. So really interesting. And then, and then of course, it, it's not good for the, the sheep industry um, because it's a loss of meat and it costs, it costs quite a lot. Um, so you will hardly ever see cheesy gland unless they have very large in um, if lymph nodes, particularly front of the shoulder or um, under the jaw sometimes. Um, but it's very, very likely. Uh, the only way you could really find out if you have it or it's, if your animals are experiencing it is by getting feedback from your abattoir. They will let you know, I'm sure, if they've got a condemned sheep anyway. Um, you can sometimes see it at shearing if you shear sheep. Um, when... There is a, a shearing cut, then it could um, show up as well. Again, those lymph nodes kind of reasonably close to the surface of the skin, so that can um, that can be an issue. So I think that's where in Australia, if you're using, I think it's six and one um, that you could use to cover you for the cheesy gland. I I know down where where I am. The, the when you ask for six in one, they tell you you're mad because they don't have cheesy gland in our area. <laughs> um, and I guess they're getting that feedback from the abattoirs. You know, I've never had a condemned carcass, so that's pretty good. Um, and I've never, but I've never used six in one either. So I've never actually vaccinated for cheesy gland, even though I have bought animals that are vaccinated for cheesy gland with the six in one. Um, for those of you interested in seven in one, that's um, for cows. So it just gives you that extra protection for for cattle. Um, but again, you can use five in one for your cattle because they're most likely going to get these clostridial diseases because they can impact cattle, sheep, and goats. Um, the uh, you can actually get the vaccines with or without a an additional. Um, uh, boost like B12 or selenium sometimes, or sometimes you can give a separate, I, I give a separate B12 and selenium from time to time uh, as well. Other vaccines that we use is particularly the um, ovine yoni's disease vaccine, which is over in Australia, it's called, the, the vaccine is called Gidear. And uh, it it is uh very similar to the human version of Crohn's disease, if you've ever heard or, or investigated that, which is like a wasting disease. It seems to be now becoming more prevalent in uh, in Australia. Again, it's caused by, in this case, uh, a microorganism. 
which is passed in the the again the sheep manure, and sheep can be infected by by eastern pasture or any water that's been contaminated with those droppings. So they're ingesting it during the, the during grazing. The bacteria then gets into the bowel wall, which causes thickening and scarring in the bowel wall, and that results in the bowel becoming basically non-functional, losing its ability to digest food and absorb nutrients. And that means that we have our sheep wasting away. Um, you sometimes will get uh, diarrhea. Uh, you'll often get bottle jaw, um, which is fluid developing in the jaw because of a, a, a low protein in the blood. And then you get animals that are just too weak to graze and then they collapse and die. Not, not a great way to go. And, and, you know, there's no treatment. It can be really slow. And again, it can um, seemingly be, be a, I haven't had an, an incident of this, thank goodness. And I do vaccinate for yonis. Um, and, and control is very much via um, vaccination. Um, the vaccine will, will stop sheep who don't have yonis from catching it in about 95% of, of cases. But if they already have the disease, vaccination is not going to, to treat them, obviously. You know, it's a bit too late. Um, so obviously you, you, you don't really want lambs to be born into that environment in the, in the first place, but it's, it's unlikely that that's going to be. In fact, the, if you remember the tagging podcast episode I did, which talked about the V on the tag. That V is to tell the um, owner or buyer of that particular animal that the animal has been vaccinated for ovine yonis. Now, for me, I just vaccinate my, um, I don't vaccinate my weathers. So I vaccinate everything, rams and uh, ewes, and, but I don't vaccinate anything that's, that's weathered. Um, for ovignonis because it is a it's a lot it's almost like a degenerative wasting disease that would happen in older like in older age or an older age um but obviously you don't want it to be on your farm at all ever um if you wanted to research gadea i would suggest if you haven't used it before research it um it is a a, a vaccine that is based with an adjuvant of a mineral oil. And if that mineral oil is injected into humans, it's um, very dangerous. So that's what makes Gadir so, so dangerous. But they need to use that mineral oil to carry the vaccine um, into, the, um, into the animal. I can't believe how that particular mineral oil is obviously not so dangerous for sheep. But there you go something to, to sort of look into potentially but obviously it's been tested and the the companies that that um distributed have done all the testing and the research you can get a vaccine for foot rot um you can also do genetic testing to look at the propensity of your flock for foot rot we might do another session on foot rot uh, another time um, foot rot again is another bacteria. It lives in the soil, and um, you can use the vaccine to control foot rot. And again, it's the vaccine is based 
in a, a mineral oil. So again, quite a dangerous vaccine. But anyway, you, I, I've never known anyone to use that, use a foot rub vaccine, but you can actually, yeah, you can actually get it as well. Other vaccines you can get would be vaccines to prevent um, uh, scabby mouths. Remember we did a, a session on scabby mouths. So you can get a, I think, I believe, I've never used it actually, but I believe it's a, a little scratch that you, a scratch sort of um, idea that you actually use as well. So that's another one. Uh, that's another one as well. And another vaccine, I've never used it, is called Arivac. Um, and Arivac, again, is another bacteria which is found in soil and in the bowels of sheep. It can enter wounds, obviously soil, so it's coming through the sheep. It can enter the wounds, into the bloodstream, and it, calls, it causes bacterial arthritis. Um, it, it's uh, this one... I mean, again, you've got to think, is this likely to, to happen? Um, me, am I likely to get it and things like that? The, the idea would be, is the issue the, that um, the airy um, bacteria, is that an issue in your, area, in your area? So that could be something to look into or, or talk about with your local vet and things like that. Um, and that, uh, that can be something to sort of investigate. But again, not something I use. Um, I use as well. Interesting enough, with the five and one, you can't overvax. So if you if you're vaccinating, you think, "Have I vaccinated this animal before? I can't remember. What should I do? Vaccinate. <laughs> you can't overvaccinate. Um, you you give them uh, a, a lamb in their first couple of weeks of life. They have protection if the ewe has been vaccinated so it comes through the colostrum and then when you're marking them you vaccinate them which stimulates the immune response and then you give them a booster vaccine a booster shot after two to four weeks again sound familiar <laughs> booster shot <laughs> um and then you vaccinate once a year moving forward now for me i just vaccinate a month prior to lambing, and then that gives the ewe their vaccine, but also that vaccine is passed on to the lambs for the first couple of weeks of that lamb's life. So it gives them protection, particularly for a lot of those um, soil-borne bacteria diseases that your lambs possibly could actually be impacted by. Um, but obviously you want to give them their own individual vaccine as well. Um, of course, it takes time to vaccinate your animals. It takes money. You can get a organic vaccine. Um, it just what's changed really is the adjuvant that changes. Uh, so you can still vaccine if you run an organic property, or, or want to, for example, only eat animals that have received an organic vaccine. So you can look into that. I think it's a little bit more expensive. Um, but uh, obviously it's peace of mind. That's really why we vaccinate, peace of mind, so that we can actually feel that uh, our, our sheep are given the best health, just like we do with uh, humans. Yeah, so same idea. And these vaccines are, are all safe, all affected, uh, effective and all recommended by, by vets. Um, they're all administered ideally um, uh, subcutaneously, so 
that's just under the skin. And um, the the typical place to vaccinate them would be uh, just at the at sort of the behind the ear. That's where I typically um, vaccinate. Um, you uh, yeah, and as I said, you can give your you give your lambs two two vaccinations. Sometimes they have a little reaction; they have a little abscess or a bit of a lump. Um, and that can just be that the, the needle's gone in funny or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but a lot, a lot of the time, those little uh, abscesses or lumps do subside. So they do actually go away. So if you do have one, then um, that's, uh, you know, just something to think about in terms of your vaccination techniques. It is best to also vaccinate at a bit of an angle when you're going into the skin um, and you obviously change needles and things like that, the normal sort of things that you might do. So I would change needles about every oh, 30 to 40 animals when I'm using um, needles. So, you know, if, um, if we're, when we were vaccinating last the other week at our break times, we just changed the, the needles just to give, the, give fresh needles. And that also makes sure the needle's clean, but also make sure that the needle is um, sharp as well. So, yeah, so watching that uh, too as well. So there you go. There's vaccines for you in a nutshell, all those diseases and what they, what they, what's caused, um, what causes them, where they come from, what they are, how rare or not they actually are and why we would actually vaccine in, uh, vaccinate in the first, in the first place. So hopefully that's demystified a few things uh, for you. Tetanus and pulpy kidney, definitely the most um, common uh, clostridial diseases. And they're actually in the, they're in the most closely related family of bacteria as well, which is kind of interesting just to sort of see um, there uh, as well. So there you go. Uh, enjoy your vaccines. I'm interested, obviously always interested to know if there are other vaccines that you would recommend that you use that work for your sheep. And, uh, and indeed, I'm sure there are different vaccines in different parts of the world because there will be different diseases in different parts of the world. So that's interesting to sort of be aware of. But I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm talking about what we use here, but um, tetanus is everywhere from what I know. And uh, but yeah, you might have definitely lots of other uh, lots of other diseases that you might need to contend with, and vaccines, of course, will help you with that. And of course, our sheep benefit from our efforts too. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sheep Show podcast. Want to know more? Want to see more? Did you know we have an Instagram TV channel? with a variety of series, one about sheep and one about farming, particularly regenerative farming. So head to Halston Valley Farm at Instagram and check out the over 20 current IGTV episodes. Enjoy. And don't forget to let me know how you are going with your sheep journey. You can contact me on email, jill at halstonvalleyfarm.com.au. Until next time. Sheep well.